very first Michigan State Champs Poolside Podcast. I'm Sarah Davis with my co-host, who is also the swim coach at Bloomfield Hills High School, David Jolkevsky. Poolside is presented by Lawrence Technological University. Learn more about one of the top-rated private universities in the Midwest, according to the U.S. News and World Report. Visit ltu.edu. Poolside is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association, promoting the value and values of educational athletics. This program will cover the boys' and girls' seasons, so check it out every week. So for the first episode, we wanted to take the time to introduce ourselves. Um, I'm Sarah Davis. I go to Lawrence Tech. I play college golf. I also played four years of college volleyball, and I'm currently in my senior season of golf. However, David here has an amazing story. We lightly talked about your accomplishments and your involvement in the sport, but I want you to tell the viewers your swim background. So what's your personal swim history? All right, so I'm I'm starting my 22nd season of coaching at Bloomfield Hills. I've had the pleasure of being there for my entire career. Uh, coached Andover for quite a few years and now Bloomfield Hills. Uh, in addition to that, I've swam my entire career here in Michigan as a as a youth uh, and then into high school and college. Finished off my career at Eastern Michigan University. And in addition to my role at Bloomfield Hills, I'm also a teacher in the building and I serve on the Michigan Interscholastic Swim Coaches Association. I have served uh, in a variety of roles. I've been the president, uh, webmaster. I've been awards chairman, uh, currently running the website, and super excited to work with state champs and with you on, on this new endeavor. So we're, we're ready to go. Yeah. And so what inspired you to get this podcast started? You know, we, we've had a lot of great years working with Lauren, uh, doing a little bit of our end of the season wrap up. And we're always trying to get you know just more highlights for the kids, trying to get everybody excited about what's going on. There's so many unique things happening around the pools and we've got some great swimmers and divers and just in more and more conversation, like let's use the technology, let's use the resources we have and, and get that social media going and let's highlight what all these great coaches and athletes are doing. It's definitely something that's really important. When I was in high school, it was always just the best feeling to have like a highlight from a game or even just your picture. And now it's advanced so much. Now there's videos and all that cool stuff. Yeah. So um, let's talk about the seasons and let's start with the girls. If you can just share with us kind of how the season is structured. Sure. Uh, so girls season starts the second uh, Wednesday in August and uh, we're a hundred days from beginning to end. We, we wrap up with state meet uh, just the weekend before Thanksgiving. Most of our teams will uh, put in double practices uh, throughout August before school starts. Wonderful opportunity for the girls to you know, do some extra team bonding before we get into school. Uh, we'll get one or two meets in right before Labor Day weekend. And then we get after it uh, right away after that. And you'll find a lot of big uh, midseason invites going on first weekend and second weekend in October. And then most of the girls will start preparing for league championships anywhere from the last week of um, October into the first week of November. Our divers have a big regional qualifying meet that takes place uh, that second week of November. And then state championship wrap up uh, every year, like I said, the Friday and Saturday before Thanksgiving. And so typically do um, a lot of your girls, do they swim and dive or how does uh, that Not so much. I, I've had bo- I've had some boys in the years that, that have done both, but um, Traditionally, we have quite a few of the girls that just swim. They're swimming year-round. Uh, they are taking part in club swimming, USA swimming. Our divers, uh, you'll, you'll see some gymnasts coming out uh, for you know year after year. 
Um, and it just depends on, on what type of middle school programs you have. But traditionally, you stick to one one side or the other. Um, my divers always love it when they have a chance. Uh, usually our, our last meet of the year, we do diver relays. So we, we give them a chance to go race and have a little bit of fun. Oh, that's fun. And then let's talk about the boys season. What does their season look like? So they, they'll start up the Monday of Thanksgiving. Um, and our boys, they, they put it in quite a bit over the winter between the weather uh, and, and, you know, training right through quite a few of the holidays. So starting that, that Monday of Thanksgiving, pushing all the way through, uh, they'll get as much of an aerobic base as they can going uh, into the Christmas holiday. And then uh, those two weeks over that winter break, again, that's that opportunity where those boys are doing a lot of team bonding, you know, doing double practices. Uh, coaches have all sorts of fun things they do to, to, to get them through that time and get the teams ready. And then coming out of the, the holiday practices there, you'll start to see a few invites early January. And then usually right around the end of January uh, and beginning of February, that's where we see our big mid-season meets. Uh, much like the girls, um, you know, whether it be a county championship, our coaches association, the MISCA championship is, is that time. And then league meet, uh, traditionally the end of February. And then state meet uh, that first or second weekend in March, depending on, on how the calendar falls. All right. And so when I was in high school, I always remember our swimmers practiced early in the morning. Is that what you guys do as well? Absolutely. Uh, every coach a little bit different. Uh, my, my girls are in uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings. Uh, we go hour, hour and a half, depending on what, what our school schedule is like. Certainly this year, a few extra things to you know, work around. Uh, afternoons, we're going Monday through Friday for about two, two and a half hours, and then about two and a half hours on Saturday. Uh, some of our high school uh, coaches, they, they run five mornings a week, five afternoons a week, and Saturdays. Uh, and you're starting to see so much change, even from when I was uh, in high school and even just the last you know five or 10 years, you're starting to see uh, a little more work in the weight room or yoga, um, dynamic stretching, uh, you know, med ball work, dry land work, that, that's really working in there too. Some coaches have stepped away from some of the mornings, but for the most part, traditionally, yeah, we, we, we need that aerobic base with the 100 days to get ready. Uh, you need all the time you can. Mm-hmm. And it teaches them discipline to be up early and get them prepared. Absolutely. And so you talked about there's a few things that you guys have to work around, obviously, with the impact that COVID has had. And so what impact has COVID had on the current season here in Michigan? Oh, boy. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to take one little step back. Our boys, when you talk about getting right up to the last minute, you know, our, our boys put an amazing season last year across the state. And on the Thursday before, the day before state meet, um, we, their season ended. So mm. um, a little tough. Some boys had an opportunity to race and, and they did a great job. And since then, uh, we've been working with uh, Andy Osters at MHSAA uh, to, to do everything we can to, to get that season going. Uh, and they've just done a wonderful job helping us, educating us on what we need to do. Season did start on time. We're very fortunate for that. Um, you know, we, and we had no delays. The, the biggest obstacles for us, you know, we were asked to train outside. Uh, indoor pools did not open until after the Labor Day weekend. And um, that was probably the biggest obstacle for, for our coaches because um, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate. Oakland County, we have a lot of outdoor pools. We have a lot of summer club swimming. And we, we had an opportunity to get in the water. Um, our divers also had a chance to get in the water. We found a facility with um, illegal one-meter diving boards. But some coaches weren't so fortunate. But I, I praise those men and women for what they did with their teams because at a time when could have folded up and, and just called it a day, they found some unique ways of training. We had athletes in lakes. We had kids 
uh, doing dry lands. They were running. Uh, I saw all sorts of great stuff on social media. And we, we worked, we worked through those obstacles. We continue to work with MHSA and our local you know, administration or building administration, uh, postponed a few meets and uh, kept, kept working hard and just kept focused on everything we needed to do. And, um, you know, we, we've all been safe. We've been healthy. We've been following our protocols and, and we were fortunate enough to get the pools open right after Labor Day. Uh, right now, a lot of coaches still, uh, you know, obstacles to, to overcome with rescheduling. Uh, some of our leagues uh, pushed competitions back a couple of weeks. Um, so there's, there's a few, few things there, but uh, it, it does feel a little bit closer to normal now, uh, you know, with some masks on. It's certainly been interesting for the girls. Um, some schools have uh, spectators in the stands. Some have not. Uh, we've opted not to. And with that, we've given our athletes, all of our athletes, an opportunity to compete in meets. Uh, with that social distancing, you've got some unique um, – health code um, restrictions and stuff like that and the number of people in the facility. So we've had to work around that the best we can, but our focus number one is, is for our athletes and we've had one home meet and one away meet. And we're very fortunate to have every kid compete. And I know all the coaches out there have been doing the same, just, just working with their building administration, their local guidelines. And uh, now we're, we're really focusing in on those mid season invites. Our coaches association, MISCA will be canceling theirs this year. Um, some local county championships will take place. We're working with Oakland County right now to, to find a plan for ours that will meet all those guidelines. Um, dual meets, not a problem, right? Two, two teams on a, team, on a pool deck, not too hard. A county championship with 400 kids, and um, we are restricted to just four teams on a deck. So we're looking at some unique opportunities, uh, some satellite meets and things like that. Uh, and we've also, we, last week, we spent uh, a full day with MHSA talking about how we're going to handle league meet diving regionals and state meet and all that paperwork is um, with our administrators and we're, we're getting ready to, to put together a great end of the season. There's going to be adjustments. We know that, uh, but we are ready for it and our athletes are going to get ready to swim fast and dive great. It sounds good. It sounds like you guys have everything in plan and like everything's really starting to come together. Yeah. And so before we get to our next topic, did you know that there are 32 $1,000 college scholarships the MHSAA hands out every year to scholar athletes? Listen to this and find out how to apply. Nearly 2,000 of the state's top student athletes will be recognized for excelling academically and in school activities through the MHSAA's Scholar Athlete Award, underwritten by Farm Bureau Insurance. The applicants will be in the running for a total of 32 $1,000 college scholarships. Application materials are available exclusively online through the MHSAA website. A message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association promoting the value and values of educational athletics. So league meets are at the end of the season, and these are typically huge events. So what is the MHSAA trying to do to work around this? Yeah, so we, we had a great conversation with them last Friday, and right now the MHSA has a four-team uh, restriction for meets, and we're hoping with a little bit more research and uh, a little bit more planning that we'll be able to pull that restriction back and allow our leagues to have their six- or eight-team league meet. And we'll also see that as we roll into diving uh, regionals, because our regionals might only have between 20 and 40 athletes, but we're not bringing a whole team. We're just bringing our divers that qualified. So we're hoping for that. And then leading into state meet, um, we're going to look at some social distancing at some bigger venues, and uh, we'll be able to bring all the teams there as well. Great. 
And so let's hit on some of the strong um, teams that we're going to be focusing on this season. Who are they? Sure. So um, the MHSA is made up into three state divisions, all based on school size. And we've got uh, in D1, uh, Ann Arbor Pioneer right now is our early season favorite. They had an amazing statement last year, came down to the last relay with Mercy, and Mercy pulled it out. But right now, Pioneer out in front by a long shot, a lot of great returning athletes. And just west of them, just a couple miles away, Celine, uh, looking to uh, you know do some great, great swimming this year. And then the top five in Division One is rounded out by Rockford, Northville, and defending state champs, uh, Farmington Hills Mercy. In Division Two, we've got uh, a lot of competition going on in Oakland County. We have three OA Red Division teams competing. Rochester Adams right now is out in front on the rankings, followed by Seaholm. And those two teams actually swam last night. Seaholm uh, beat them out head-to-head in a dual meet. Uh, but we know uh, Rochester Adams uh, always does a great job at the end of the season. So two teams that see each other in a dual meet, going to see each other again in a few weeks at uh, hopefully a county meet and then state meet to wrap it up. Uh, the rest of our Division Two top five is rounded out by East Grand Rapids. Butch Briggs, uh, usually Division Three powerhouse. Their numbers are up this year, so they'll be up in Division Two. And then uh, wrapping that up, Gross Point South, and then another OA Red Division team, uh, Birmingham Groves. So a lot, a lot of OA teams there in, in Division Two. And in Division Three, we've got uh, excuse me, so we uh, excuse me in Division Three, we have uh, two private schools in Oakland County that are right at the top, Cranbrook. Uh, being coached by first-year head coach Paul Ellis, a Lasser graduate and state champ in his own own uh, career, and he's leading those ladies up against Bill Thompson and uh, the Marion Mustangs. And a little side story there: Bill and Paul actually coached together in the summer, so I know those two teams are going to be looking forward to uh, the competition as the, as the season goes on. And the rest of our Division Three uh, top five rounded out by Bay City John Glenn. And uh, where are we at here? Uh, Eric Talsma out in Hamilton doing a terrific job on the west side with his kids. And then the fifth team is uh, Plainwell. And we have a full listing. Uh, we, we go about 10 teams deep on our, our uh, team rankings. And we'll update that uh, a couple times throughout the season. And after that top 10, we always look for those others. We've got anywhere from about 8 to 12 teams that, that could do a little bit of damage. And, uh, yeah, just looking forward to some great swimming this year. And, and watch out because as more of these teams swim against each other because they will see each other in a dual meet, you'll see those rankings flip-flop as we go. Yeah, it sounds like there's a ton of competition coming in. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Yeah. And so just what could you share with us? What does the typical swim meet structure look like? All right. So uh, we we have all our swim events. Um, We start off with a medley relay into um, our, we've got a couple 200 events, freestyle and then the IM. And then we uh, wrap up the first half of the the meet with 50 freestyle. So splash and dash and and some good quick swimming. Uh, We'll take a break in the middle and we'll have diving. Uh, some of our schools, depending on their layout and stuff, have elected to do diving at the beginning of the meet. Uh, some schools, like myself, uh, we have 17 divers on the team. And when you bring in a competing school, uh, we'll have up over 20 divers. So you might run diving concurrently. That might be going on throughout the meet. After diving, we'll take a quick little break, let the swimmers warm back up, and start it off with two sprints, 100 fly, 100 free, 500 freestyle, and then right into the 200 freestyle relay. And then as we wrap up the meet, we've got the 100 backstroke, 100 breaststroke, and four free relay. Uh, when it comes to a dual meet lineup, athletes are, and I guess all, excuse me, all championships and dual meets, uh, athletes are allowed to compete in four events, no more than two individual events. So you could have an athlete in two individual events and two relays. 
you could have an athlete in three relays in one individual event. Um, there has been times we're at, talking earlier about swimming and diving. Um, there was, uh, Ann Arbor Huron had a really good sprinter who was also a diver. So you might see that every once in a while. Um, but, uh, in a normal dual meet though, all swimmers and divers are together competing and, uh, a lot of great cheering, a lot of great, uh, competing as, as the night goes on. And, uh, yeah, just, just a nice balance, you know, across all the, the entire lineup with, with some good, good events, a lot of strategy behind you know, picking, you know, the right relay combination and things like that. Great. And is there anything else you want to touch on? No, I mean, we're, we're excited to be back in the water. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, most importantly, I, I do want to say thank you to the MHSA. I know they're a sponsor, um, but Mark Ewell, Andy Austers, um, Tom Rashid, they have been instrumental in making all this work. I'm grateful for the time they've spent uh, communicating with us and all our coaches uh, to be out there looking out for our athletes day in and day out. It, it's not been easy. They have not had an easy six, seven months, and we are grateful for their hard work. Um, and outside of that, you just thank you to our coaches who, who do it up every day and, and selfishly get out there and do all the best they can for their kids. Again, overcoming some big obstacles this, this fall and last spring. Um, and as you know, I, I think you got your, your unsung heroes in the background. I, you know, we wouldn't be anything without our athletes and we're going to highlight some of them this season and, and interview some of them. Um, but also mom and dad, you know, I, I walked out of, out of our meet last night at, you know, eight o'clock, saw the parents driving the kids home and they were right back at five thirty this morning, dropping them back off, uh, you know, looking out for their kids, doing all the great stuff. They know the importance of high school athletics and we're just so grateful to have a chance to, to highlight some of those special things this year. Yeah, that's awesome. And it really shows a lot that even through this hard time, everyone's pulling through and everyone's really coming together to just make things work. Absolutely. Yep. Thanks for listening to the Michigan State Champs Poolside presented by Lawrence Tech and brought to you by the MHSAA. I'm Sarah Davis. And I'm Dave Shulkeski. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining, joining us. us. We'll see you next week. Thank you.